If the Nationals have any hope at success this year, they're going to need a big season from Luis Garcia. So today, I'm going to tell you all about the upside that Luis Garcia brings for the Washington Nationals. And that'll start right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for baseball and the Nationals in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day, and that is the beauty of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we have to get into some business because it is time for baseball once again. There is a game in two days from now, about 48 hours, there is a spring training game, but you won't be able to see it because it's not on Masson. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the upside that Luis Garcia brings. And truly, when I look at Luis Garcia, I love the potential that he brings. Can he be a superstar? Probably not. But can he be a very good hitter and a very efficient player? Absolutely. And this is why. Looking at Luis Garcia's numbers, there's some factors in it where it's like, okay, this is a little concerning. But then again, once you look deeper into it, there starts to be a little hope about what he could be. And in meeting with that, I look at Luis Garcia, when he was over at shortstop, it was clear and evident that he is not a shortstop in the major leagues. He's just not. Last year, his defensive war was in the negatives, and ultimately, he played most of his games over at shortstop before that C.J. Abrams trade. So, with that being said, his value is not playing defense, and it is specifically not over on shortstop. What Luis Garcia needs to do is he needs to be a plus bat second baseman. Meaning by that, his value is not defensively. If he can just stay afloat and be an average defensive second baseman, which I think he can do for the record, that's where his value is. His value is at the plate. And also, only 22 years old, he's going to be turning 23 in a couple months from now, but only 22 years old, the upside that he provides for the Nationals is truly astounding. And that's what I say. Now, a lot of people may say, astounding? Why do you say it's astounding? Well, here are the numbers. He had a 1.4 offensive war last year. That, and Then again, only 377 plate appearances for the 22-year-old. So with that, just besides the war, you look deeper into it. When he has runners in scoring position, there is a lot of things to talk about with Luis Garcia. We didn't see a lot of power last year. We didn't see a ton of it. We didn't see a lot of run production from him. But then again, when you look at his splits, you look at all these different categories as to what makes a successful hitter, Luis Garcia has the numbers to back him up 
of being a progressive major league hitter. So what kind of upside does the 22-year-old bring for us? Well, I just said one of them. He's 22 years old. This guy is young. He is a young kid still. Back in 2020, when he was brought up a little premature, we all kind of realized like, hey, this guy is not really that ready for the major leagues in this moment. But you also saw a lot of upside. And when he's in that box and when he's comfortable swinging from the left side of the plate, you see a smart major league hitter. Now, some of his decision-making skills, just from looking off last year, he's going to have to learn to hit a little more of a curveball. He's going to have to sit back on some pitches and use the left side of the field. Because that's what Davey Martinez emphasized for Luis Garcia this offseason and his first batting practice section live batting practice session, I should say. He had a home run to left field, or rather off the wall there. That's just a good sign of what we need to see. So Luis Garcia, in just looking at his splits, as I've been saying, his progression over the years have been very good in my mind. And I say that, and some people may look at it and be like, well, what kind of progression are we talking about? Is he more of an average hitter? Is he more of a power guy? Well, he's not a power guy, but there is development in for power. He has the potential to be a 15 to 20 home run guy. You saw it last year. When he gets a hold of the ball, it's kind of similar to Lane Thomas in a sense. When they hit home runs, they go. They travel. That is a no-doubter in my mind. Luis Garcia does have the potential to hit for power at the major league level. We've seen it down in AAA and AA and all the lower levels down in the minor leagues. But to do it up in the major leagues, it's different. And when I say, when I look at inside the numbers for Luis Garcia in particular, I look at clutch stats. And what I like about clutch stats is it shows situational hitting. And with situational hitting, you need progress. You need good results. And that is what Luis Garcia has done. His clutch stats, two outs with runners in scoring position in 2022. This was someone who had a 359 batting average. And I'm the one to say, you should not be looking at batting average. But with runners in scoring position, with two outs, what's your job at the plate? It's to keep the rally going. Luis Garcia has done that 35.9% of the time up when he goes to the plate. That is a damn good percentage in my mind. And to add on that, he has a 892 OPS with two outs and runners in scoring position. And this is all based of 2022 when he had 42 plate appearances at this time. And if you're looking at his clutch stats, two outs, runners in scoring position, that is his best time out of all those clutch stats. So it's not really just by looking at it and say, oh, he's a clutch hitter. It's only 42 plate appearances in that stretch. But then you look at it, it's situational hitting. This is stuff that he has improved on since 2021. Situational hitting is a big deal in the major leagues. And it's not just looking at clutch stats or anything of that nature. It's just by looking at the proof that's in the pudding. For example, in 2021, Luis Garcia had a 280 batting average, a 730 OPS. 
That is a big improvement from just one year before that. And now is also in 34 plate appearances. So it's also a small sample size, which I understand. But I look at it, and I see the progress. I see the improvement on him. And we've seen what he can do at the plate. And also, once he got banged up in the middle of August, that opened up that spot to move C.J. Abrams up to AAA, he kind of fell off with his production. He did. Because when you're looking at his splits of 2022 and looking at the first half compared to the second half, it is a little not great, you could say. (laughs) His first half of the season, he had a .295 batting average, the 304 OBP and a 715 OPS. Looking at it in the second half, 259 batting average with a 695 OPS. You see a little drop off, but then again, when you look at it by the months, it's a little more telling in my mind. His first month in June, in 26 games started, he had a 327 batting average with an 817 on base plus slugging. In August, when he got banged up, he only. He only played in 13 games in that time. 327 batting average with an 833 OPS. Coming back from injury, September and October, he fell off the charts. A 240 batting average, a 653 OPS in 29 games and 124 plate appearances. So, judging by the numbers, what is his potential? What is his ceiling for Luis Garcia? And I've said it before. And I'll say it again. He could be a plus bat at second base. And in a league to where second base is kind of like the redheaded stepchild. It's a little of a disrespected position. It's kind of like a, oh, toss uh, uh, Cesar Hernandez in there. No, he sucks. I'm sorry. But no, we can't do that. You have to have a productive hitter in that spot in my mind. You have to. Because second base is kind of like the, oh, you're a failed shortstop, so we're going to move you over to second base, which is the case most of the time, a lot of the times really, because there's no true real second baseman coming into the major leagues unless you transition him from shortstop to second base in the minors, and that was your deal. But Luis Garcia went through the minors as a shortstop. That was his projected spot. It's not going to work there. So now we're going to stick you over at second base. And this is what you're going to have to do to be successful. You will have to be a successful big piece in the order, probably batting first, second, third, or who knows where Davey will have him aligned up. But he's going to have to be progressive at the plate. And you've seen him take the strides that are necessary to make yourself into a big league hitter. Now it's just time to start working on some power, working on all the different things that becomes to make a big league hitter because that's his value. That's his ceiling. You're not going to get a gold glove out of him. You're not going to get a silver slugger out of him, but he could be a plus bat at second base. And if he just takes that next step with generating more walks, cutting down on the strikeouts, and just really hitting on the road as well because in 2022, His home numbers back at Nationals Park were very good compared to his away numbers. And also, that's just more of a comfort thing with that. 
just to elude those numbers, he batted 328 at home with an 817 OPS compared to on the road, a 226 batting average, a 596 on base plus slugging. A lot of that has to do with comfort in my mind. And I talked a lot about comfort with pitching and catchers and all of that. But it is also the case when it comes to hitters. You're comfortable at your park. You're comfortable at your home when you're sitting on your couch. Well, it's the same for professional hitters and professional athletes as well. You're at the plate. You take 100 swings a day at that park for 100 and, or not 100, 81 games a year. You're taking 100 plus swings in that batter's box at Nationals Park. It's comfort, man. You see it. You can see the ball differently. You you know where the all the different spots for shade will be. All of it is comfort. And so with Luis Garcia, if he can develop into being that good to solid starting or starting second baseman, then we got ourselves a solid opportunity with Luis Garcia for this season. But next, I want to talk about the Nationals' top six consensus prospects across the board and how some, and someone in particular, is kind of all over the map with these projections. I'm going to get down to the bottom of that after I tell you guys about my friends from FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use so then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain basketball is back tonight across the sports world so I'm going to take the Warriors money line that's kind of an easy bet I'm going to go with the defending champs real easy Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more worth FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get back into the topic that I really have an itching for. Talk Nats over on Titter on Titter. Twitter posted its little graphic of the Nationals' top seven prospects. And really, or actually top six prospects. This was an eye-opening thing for me. He put together this graphic. And to see some of the bounce around for some of these guys, James Wood, the consensus number one prospect in our system, is in the top 20 for all seven websites. MLB Pipeline, Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, The Athletic, ESPN Fangraphs, and Prospects Live. He is the average of a top 10 prospects throughout all those websites. Consensus top prospect in the organization. Now let's move on. Robert Hassel. 35 for MLB Pipeline, 57 on Baseball America, 43 for The Athletic, and 57 for ESPN. And then Fangraphs has him at the 112th prospect in baseball. But this isn't the one that really concerns me. Obviously, Fangraphs doesn't like him. It may be the haymate injury that he had with his hand, but 
I don't know why they're so low on Robert Hassel because, in my opinion, he is the highest ceiling of or the highest floor of all the prospects in this system. I think he is the most guaranteed product to come out of this system. Cade Cavalli bounced around from the 50s to the 70s. That's kind of what his projections were. But here's the one that kind of gets me scratching my head a little bit. Elijah Green. We've talked about Elijah Green and the potential that he has. There is an argument to make that Elijah Green has the highest ceiling of all of our prospects, even when talking about James Wood. Now, Elijah Green, he is ranked 46th overall in MLB Pipeline. Baseball America has him at 58. Baseball Prospectus has him at 68. The Athletic, 35. ESPN doesn't have him ranked. Fangraphs has him at number 92. And Prospects Live has him at 45. Here's my big thing with Elijah Green and why I think this bouncing around is a little out there. Now, obviously, these websites, they can't all think alike. They have to get clicks and they have to get attention. Well, they're getting my attention today. Maybe I'm a fool for it, but here's why. I think it's a little ridiculous to not have this guy a top five draft prospect from this last draft class, one of the consensus number one high school players in all of baseball this last year, to have him not in your top 100 for the upside that Elijah Green shows, a true five-tool talent. Now, will he be a five-tool player? We'll have to see. But the talent is five tools. To not even have him ranked for ESPN, in Fangraphs, a site that I love, to have him at 92, what is there that makes him down the board that far? What makes them look at him and say, this guy's the number 92 prospect in all of baseball? All he did last year in his limited time down in the FSL league, he hit. What did they see that discouraged the top five pick in the 2022 draft to make him slide that far down the board? Now, it's nothing that I really should be complaining about. That's fine. But then again, you look at some of the differences with these. It is way different. You have the athletic that has them all the way up to 35, which I think is where he should be across the board. And then to have fan graphs go 92 with him, and then prospects live go 45, MLB pipeline is at 46, jumping all over the place with Elijah Green because all the analytics that I read when it comes to Elijah Green points to a already very good baseball player. He was a top five pick in the draft. So what should we make of this? Because Elijah Green, there is an argument to make that he is the crown jewel of the organization already. He is the guy that has the potential to be the number one prospect in all of baseball alongside James Wood. That's their potential. That's the talent that they bring to the table. But what soured everyone on Elijah Green all of a sudden? Yes, he did strike out a lot at IMG Academy. He also did strike out a lot in his limited time down in the FSL. But then again, he also put up monstrous numbers in those few games. He played a solid defensive outfield. What soured them so quickly on a top five pick in the MLB draft? I don't know. 
And that was just scratching me when I saw this graphic put up by TalkNats. And please give them a follow at TalkNats over on Twitter. I thought it was an interesting concept to read that graph and to get all the averages of where they are ranked because this is what I'll read. I'll read here. James Wood is average at the number 10 prospect in baseball. Robert Hassel III, the 59th prospect in baseball. Cade Cavalli, the 63rd best prospect in baseball. Elijah Green, the 66.3rd prospect in baseball, I guess you could say. So they have Cade Cavalli ahead of Elijah Green as well, which, again, head-scratching in my mind. But then again, maybe they're on to something, and maybe we're all fools. Maybe Mike Rizzo's a fool. Who knows? That was weird to me, and I wanted to get that off my chest. But, hey, thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now give Locked On MLB Prospects a listen because the host is Lindsey Crosby. If you don't know, he is the prospect encyclopedia. So that pod is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I now I want to get into a little agent news because Kiber Ruiz has now switched agents from Scott Boris to Octagon Sports. And that news was broken by TalkNats as well over on Twitter. And this is great news. Kiber Ruiz was a Scott Boris client. If you remember, he actually switched to Scott Boris as his client back around when the Nationals traded for him. And if you weren't aware... The learners and Scott Boris, they do have a relatively good working relationship with signing guys in the past, but also a lot of guys have left as Scott Boris agents. But here's the big picture thing that I'm looking at. This opens up the possibility of the Nationals extending Kiber Ruiz if he progresses well as the prospect that he is. Because this was someone who was a top 50 prospect in all of baseball. That's no joke. And when we traded for him, you traded away Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, and Kiba Ruiz was the main piece of that deal. Josiah Gray was also in that return. But looking back on it, Ruiz was the crown jewel of that trade class. So what does it mean? And how big of an effect will it have on the Nationals that he is tra- he's exchanging agents from Scott Boris over to Octagon? Well, this is what it is. Hope. We have hope to extend him. We don't have to worry too much about going to free agency and having a team go to a bidding war. Then again, we are way down the line from that. Way down the line from that. Years away. But you're not, it's not illegal to extend a player this second. You can extend a player whenever you want to. And so for the Nationals, for Kiber Ruiz, who has struggled a little bit through his first year and a half, but then again, you also see the upside that he brings. I, myself, I am very high on Kiber Ruiz, and I think he is going to be the catcher of the future for the Nationals. That's not my argument here. But what you can do is you can extend him moving forward. You can reach out that extension and hope that he goes pen to paper with it, and that'll be the big news for. Now, with the Nationals, will they actually get this done 
in the middle of a little turmoil with this ownership situation going on? It's tough to tell. But also, Mike Rizzo is a progressive thinker. He's going to think ahead on this stuff, especially from past mistakes that he has kind of burned himself with, like not extending Trey Turner earlier than they did. So I want to believe that Mike Rizzo and the front office have learned from their mistakes and they try to harp on this opportunity as soon as they seem a gleam of light for Kiba Ruiz. The time is now, people. Kiba Ruiz is one of those guys that is going to be a key piece to the Nationals moving forward to have any sort of success for whatever way you look at it. He is, the right now, one of the main pieces of this rebuild that will need to hit, and he will need to hit in a big way. Not just fit rhetorically at the plate, but in many different situations. He's put an emphasis, he's put an emphasis on his defensive catching abilities and calling games. And Davey Martinez actually talked about that his other day on MLB Network. And he's kind of taken a leadership role in the clubhouse, which you love to see from a catcher because that's what they need to be. They're the captain of the infield. And I know people say it's the shortstop. Nuh-uh, not on my team. That's the catcher. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby, your second listen today as that pod is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Again, guys, thank you for tuning in. And I apologize about not having an episode yesterday. I have been getting over a cold, and it's baseball season. You're going to have to battle through some injuries sometimes. That goes for me as well, but I was on the IL for just one day. We're back and better than ever.